Talk Show. Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 419. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have my co-host, John White. Uh, John, it is Wednesday, and the date is January 24th. Uh, welcome back. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, missed uh, giving my Color of the Bay report uh, today. Pitch black. But but I, I came over early in the morning, so I couldn't really see. It is January, and it is cold out. It oh was like goodness. 41 degrees here in California. We shiver. I mean, those... Yeah, it's 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 just too cold for us. I had the spooky spooky experience of crossing the bridge and there was fog on the other side, so it just looked like I was driving into blackness. I couldn't see the lights on the other side. And if you are around the world and you're listening, uh, I know the weather's different everywhere. So we're complaining about 40 degrees when you know the East Coast and some of these other places are really cold. Uh, but th- this is cold for me. I don't like it. I want to move south. I want to go to Jamaica or Key West or anywhere where it's warm at the moment. Also, right. we're in Fahrenheit. Uh, that's just, true. Just a, just a quick uh, note yeah. on units. Yeah. And, and, and also, are we, uh, yeah. Are we doing the podcast from Hawaii next week, Eric? Is that what yeah, that, no. No, I don't think so. I don't think you didn't so. get the memo, Eric? Yeah, I missed that memo, or I didn't realize the 2018 budget started yet. I mean, I think you guys are getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on the show today, we have in the studio and on the show, Brian Graff, Senior Technical Marketing Manager for Cloud on AWS. So, Brian, you've been on the uh, podcast a bunch of times. Welcome to being in person in the in the studio, uh, on the mics. And we're also live streaming on communities.vmware.com, the VMTN Facebook page. You can go to communities.vmware.com, and we post all the all the videos there. Or go check out and follow Facebook, the VMTN Facebook page. I think I need to text like my wife and my mom and say, yeah. guys, I'm on, I'm on TV. You're going to be famous. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because we've been doing this podcast. You've been on this podcast three or four different times. Times. Yep. And I, I was at dinner with a bunch of bench, bunch of the experts and people, and nobody knew who I was, right? Because they don't see you. But yeah. now uh, live streaming, people start to realize that you are actually who you are, right? Which, Eric, when we met, yeah. we talked for thirty minutes, and I didn't know who you were. Right, right. When I recruited you that time, we were at a we were at an event, and we're talking, and I'm like, hey, I run a podcast. I'm looking for an SD, and he's like, oh, John. I was talking to John. He's like, yeah, I'm an SD in the Bay Area. You are. I'd love to have an SE come, you know, do technical color on the on the on the podcast mm-hmm. series and uh and 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 he's like oh yeah okay yeah i, I know podcasts like who are you and yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah i just run this community podcast and he's like i listen to that every t- all the time so, yeah so it, cool. it's always nice to have a, a right. face with the the voice right yeah yeah I, I don't know if it's nice or not because I, I, i'm ugly so you know it's, it's, it's Some probably a bad thing. Nice, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, uh, John on my on my right here though, he's 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 a good looking dude. So I'm, yeah, I'm slick, freshly yeah. shaved head. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, that's all I got going for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's better than me. Um, so uh, news, I, I don't know if we have any news. Uh, do you got some news, John? Yeah, absolutely. There is a a pretty cool release of a, a preview of AWS Greengrass on vSphere. Uh, that was announced a little bit earlier, but it actually uh, became generally available. It's it's still the preview. I think it's a, a 0.5 release, 0.5, so it's not a not a um, production capable. But if you are interested in trying AWS Greengrass on vSphere or Workstation or Fusion, uh, head over to the VMware website and you can download it as an appliance. Pretty cool if you want to try Lambda on your local hardware, for example. What is Greengrass? 
uh, Greengrass is an appliance that brings AWS uh, services to your local hardware. So instead of buying it from AWS, mm, you can right. access it using your local compute and memory. Compute memory and then just run their services right from there. Exactly. So if you've written everything for AWS services and you want to bring it on prem, it's one method. It doesn't have everything, but you know the big one is Lambda, which is their mm. serverless uh, architecture. So yeah, they they really are. I, I think they're mostly pushing that for you know IoT. Sure. Um, you know, but but it's really interesting some of the the technologies we're seeing come out like like Greengrass, like what we'll talk about today on the show. Um, and then other other things like functions as a service um, that you know VMware's working on, and uh, there's there's a lot of cool things that are coming up in the industry right now. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's, it's moving and it's exciting. So uh, before we get into that, the, the show, we'll just uh, do a shout out to Corey Romero. Corey, I, I know you're you're on the, on the call and you're 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 busy processing uh, VXBird votes for for 2018, right? Yes, we are. Yep, yep. Just wrapped up um, the application process, and we're going into voting mode. Nice, nice. Well, you know, uh, watch out for those Russian hackers. I hear that you know they're very active <laughs> in the expert system. So be be, be, be careful. <laughs> oh, wait, that's like a fire. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know you can get a lot of social traffic by going to India and you know just putting two hundred bucks down and. Your numbers will look awesome. So, yeah, not that I would uh, do yeah, that because yeah. epic values here in the eyes for integrity. So we do not do that kind of stuff. But you know, right. could be done. Oh, yeah. Could be done. Could be could done. Be done. Uh, anyway, moving on. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Uh, you've been here multiple times uh, on the show, and I think this is the first time where you've been in this role. So, why don't you tell us? Give me the two-minute elevator pitch. Who you are? What have you done in the industry? And then, what are you working on at VMware today? Sure. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. So I'm Brian Graff. I've been on this podcast probably five or six different times over the, the years, um, and I've been at VMware now for four and a half years. So I started out doing PowerCLI automation and tech marketing. I was able to, I was fortunate enough to co-author a PowerCLI reference book with uh, a few other amazing people in the industry, and uh, and that was that was really fun. Uh, and then I pivoted from technical marketing to uh, product management here at VMware, and did uh, I was a product manager for the resource scheduling. Um, features of, of vCenter, so DRS, HA, and all their sub-features, vApps, uh, and we came out with some really cool things like predictive DRS, proactive HA, orchestrated restart. We had, had a good time. Uh, felt like we were successful in our release for vSphere 6.5, and then I knew that this role was opening up uh, on my old team, and, and as much as I enjoyed making things happen and, and uh, you know really coming out with some of the, the cool features or fixing some of the older features that had some, you know, that weren't up to what I thought was my standard and and things. Um, I, I really was interested and intrigued by the idea of VMware Cloud on AWS, and I really enjoyed presenting to people. I enjoy you know going out and working with our customers, and so I, I just kind of you know let people know that I was interested in that. Went through the process, and uh, when this role opened up, uh, I came back over to tech marketing, and I've been in this role now for uh, almost 13 months. Well, that's a long. That's uh, that's longer than I thought. I mean, the product uh, we just announced that less than maybe 13 months ago. We're right on that, so you must have right right as we got that going. Yeah. So you know, it was really cool. Is the the structure that we had here in VMware. Uh, the rest of my team, or or a good chunk of the team that I was working on in product management, were the product managers for VMware Cloud on AWS. So I was included in all these meetings, but I was still kind of working on the on-prem side of things. And I was like, man, these meetings are cool. We're doing some really cool stuff. <laughs> and I kind of want to be a part of that. And and uh, so, you know, I before this was announced, we'd been working on this for quite a while with Amazon. Um, and 
And so, you know, being able to be a part of that and seeing what was coming out and seeing just how visionary that was, what a transformation it's going to do to the industry, uh, it was something that I wanted to jump onto. So even, even when I switched over, we hadn't come out and actually said that this is initially available yet. That was still, you know, about eight and a half months down the road from when I joined. So uh, I got to work a lot with the, the developers. I got to do a lot of, I guess you could call it beta testing, right. um, you know, working with the team to, to find fixes or make workflows easier and then work on the collateral for, for release. Ah, great, great. So I have a whole bunch of questions because I've been living the dream of, uh, you know, listening to all AWS chatter and that kind of stuff and my own questions. But before we get into my random set of questions that I have around that, which probably a lot of other community members have, uh, maybe we should start with you. And so, so what do you want to communicate around the AWS services? I know we have these uh, M releases that are coming out. Uh, it, it, in this typical cadence of products, it's easy for us in the old days to go, okay, new version of XYZ is coming out. We'll have somebody in, talk about the new versions, the new features, but now we're doing these M releases that are coming. What do you want to talk about with regard to outbound and messaging out to the community from the generic product set before we get into all my questions on things? <laughs> sure. You know, I, I think there's there's so many things, right? I've I've been to some, some customers, some partners' sites. Uh, I could talk for hours on this. I mean, uh, there's just so much going on um, and so many benefits here. Now, I mean, I think some of the big things for those people that are vSphere admins, right? So the people mm -hmm. most likely that are on, on this call, uh, I, I think one of the biggest uh, pain point removals that you see with VMware Cloud on AWS is the fact that it's, it's sold and packaged as a service. So all of a sudden, these, these late Friday nights and Saturday nights that they spend you know, upgrading their environments, doing the, the firmware updates, the patching, all that is done by, by VMware now. So uh, when you move into this, this um, you know, VMware Cloud on AWS, this hybrid cloud, um, you no longer have to worry about keeping up with mm. the, the infrastructure, right? And we go through and we do these patches, we do the maintenance, and we update much more frequently than what you see with the on-prem releases, which tend to be anywhere between 12 and 18 months in right. general, you know, if you look over the, the last few years. So I'd say that, you know, that's one of the, the big uh, bonuses or, or the big wins for vSphere admins is they no longer have to worry about that side of things. Um, All I, right, so we'll stop you there. Okay. Okay, okay, so you covered one of my, my, my pet peeve questions. Not as really Pete, but just a misunderstanding, which is if I'm an AWS and I do have an AWS instance, I run VMs there, right? You know, uh, my own shadow IT org, of course, right? Why wouldn't I do that? I'm in marketing. That's what we do. Um, <laughs> but really, IT is aware, but we, we, because now we partner with them. But um, the, the, the real question is why would I choose this versus just going up, spinning my own EC2 environment and, and, and use, use elastic capability and do that? Um, I've always questioned, like, I'm already doing that. What's the, what's what's the value of of coming over here and buying this from VMware? Right. Yeah. So I I mean that's a great. Question. So that that your answer was because I don't have to sit and upgrade ESX and vSphere uh, whenever I need to do that because as a service you're just giving me that environment and keeping it up to date. Which, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean uh, that's a great question, Eric. I, one of the things that you'll see is there's, I mean, people are moving to cloud for a number of reasons, right? Some of those are top-down initiatives from, you know, the CIO or, or someone in the company. Um, others are because they see that it makes financial sense for them or they want to get out of the hardware business. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? right? So you see people that are already moving to the cloud. Now, you, uh, when, you, when you get an instance in, in Amazon, right, you, you spin up an AMI and you get a certain amount, amount of resources and you use them or you don't, right? You, right. you get that, uh, that amount. Well, with VMware, you have certain other features like thin provisioning, right? Um, I, can, I can throw in a, um, a lot more storage in here uh, than, or 
it doesn't have to report as much as I'm actually using. Um, you have other things here like DRS. You have other things like our scheduler. You have over-provisioning. I mean, there's a number of different features within the VMware stack that Amazon doesn't have right now. And whether or not they plan to make those in the future is a different story. As far as pain points go, you know, I can vMotion across different hosts. I can have orchestrated restarts if I need to. Um, and, but I think even bigger than that, one of the things that you see is, uh, you know, you may be different than a lot of other VMware admins, right? We have 500,000 customers around the world. How many of these people have been VMware admins for four plus years or eight plus mm -hmm. years? And they're used to this. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out and learn new technologies because I right. think everyone should. Right. Um, but a lot of companies, as I talk with customers, or as I talk to V experts and, right. and other members of VMUG, you know, a lot of companies don't give the, um, the training that they need to to their employees. Right. So a lot of these guys are stuck on, uh, you know, I've learned VMware and I'm comfortable with it. I've got all my scripts. I know the APIs. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have the, the capacity or the finances to learn anything else right yeah. now. And I, I think the, the truth is if, if this had existed before I went out and spun up some v, uh, stuff in, in uh, Amazon, I would probably do the same thing, right? Because I do know vSphere. I'm comfortable with it. I've got a lot of knowledge. I have the expert community can help me if I get stuck, right? Where right now when I'm up in Amazon running stuff, I'm like, I'm starting from scratch again, right? And, mm -hmm. and it is more work for me to do that. And so, you know, I, I will transition to, to, to this as we, as we move along. But I think the product offering right now also is kind of enterprise, right? You know, there's a there's a, a big entry level price because we're selling you know data centers that are pre configured, ready to run. So uh, maybe you can transition back to that because I stopped you. Um, but but that was a <laughs> yeah. good answer and a good segue into one of the things that I, I, I look at. And I have gotten a lot of the expert uh, feedback when I'm at VMworld, going like, no, we love this, you know, because I went there skeptic this year, going like. Who's going to buy this from us, right? Like, why would you buy this? Yeah, you know, I could just go buy set up accounts on Amazon. Right. right. But uh, what I got back loud and clear was people were like, no, this works for me. Right. Yeah. And, and so for some people uh, on, a, on a per VM or per uh, AMI instance uh, basis, they find that it's cheaper to, you know, run a, a higher consolidated uh, set of servers than it is for them to run hundreds or, or thousands of AMIs in, in Amazon. Um, but one of the things you'll see is, you know, a lot of startups are, are straight out, uh, you know, AWS users, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, a, lot of, a lot of startups aren't going into the, the VMware side, but you see a lot of these companies that have been on VMware and, you know, even though they do have some other, you know, cloud initiatives or, or workloads running in clouds, the majority of their workloads, hundreds or, or thousands or tens of thousands of virtual machines are still running uh, as vSphere on-prem. And, uh, you know, it, it gets to be really hard to either uh, refactor those or to to build new, right? Some of these applications are legacy. Some of them aren't legacy, but are still you know more difficult to set up, and it's just working now. Being able to go and leverage vSphere in AWS or vSphere in my home lab or in my data center, if I can move those workloads around without ever changing the the format that they're in, right? If a VM still a VM on prem as it is in VMware Cloud on AWS. Yeah. I can move that around anytime that I want to. I can move that back out of the cloud into my on-prem data center. I can move it up to you know, uh, another colo location, or I can move it up to VMware Cloud on AWS. So you have a lot more flexibility uh, as well. Now, what you were saying about the, uh, the pricing and, and uh, this is more enterprise, yeah, you're going to see that a lot of customers, uh, small businesses, aren't going to want to spend the, the money that it, that it takes for a four-node cluster here. Right. Um, from the get-go. We, we have a few things going on that hopefully I'll be able to talk about here in, in the upcoming months, a few other initiatives. Um, 
but that, that will help in, in that area. But yeah, so it, it can cost, you know, obviously more than what uh, an SMB is, is willing to spend. Right. But uh, on, at the same time, when I'm talking to enterprise, uh, the experts, you know, that are VM world, they're like this. That that's well within our price range. They're not. They're mm-hmm. not. They're, they're not individual V expert kind of home labbers who are going like, wait, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is going to cost me, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to put this. But if you talk about building a data center, I'm sure uh, John will attest that this is not what big money is. Absolutely. So the dream is right. Um, I'm doing, you know, if I've already made the platform decision to to be on vSphere, that, that I can buy this uh, service as you know from the cloud. So if I have something that's high volume and you know I, I need more bandwidth than I can afford to have on-prem, then I can move it up to AWS and maybe save some money there. There's also the idea of I don't want all of my infrastructure on-prem. The big thing that I definitely don't want on-prem is my disaster recovery. So now that we have disaster recovery as a service, um, you know that that's a, a really big deal and I think uh, very attractive. And also, you know, you talked about the upgrades. Well, what if I do need to upgrade my infrastructure? Again, the dream is. What if I could rent, you know, for $36 an hour, you know, a mirror of my vSphere cluster, move every, all my workloads up to VMware, you know, um, the, the cloud on AWS, do all my physical upgrades on-prem, and then move everything back when I, you know, everything's exactly the way that I want it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if we're there yet, but that's the dream, right? Well, and I, and I think you see, so there's a number of use cases. We, we went and we validated this with tons and tons of customers before we, we decided to go this route. And uh, three use cases kept coming up all the time, right? And the, the main use cases we saw were backup, right? A DR is a, um, a BCDR, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, dev test. We saw consolidation migration. So what you see is, you know, I worked in EMC Consulting before coming here. And one of the big things that we worked on was, essentially consolidating uh, data centers for companies that acquired another company. They also acquired their IT infrastructure and they wanted to get out of some of those data centers, right? And mm. so that would turn into sometimes a three, four or five year project because, I mean, let's face it, most people's data centers, um, they don't always know everything that's going on in there, what's connected to to what where the applications are. Um, and so, you know, it's a, a very costly, very time consuming business to try and consolidate those. Now, if you were able to connect those data centers um, up to a VMware Cloud on AWS instance and live vMotion or Replicator or however you wanted to do this, your workloads up to the cloud and close out of those data centers quickly and then decide, you know, are these workloads going to stay here in the cloud? Or, you know, maybe it's maybe they're only there for three months. You know, maybe they end up putting them in, into another data center. Maybe they're up there for a year. Maybe they just decide that this is the way to go. I don't have to worry about doing my upgrades myself. Uh, everything's already running here. And now I also have access, you know, we were talking about Greengrass there at the beginning for a minute. Um, one of the benefits of this, right, is that these virtual machines are sitting in the same data centers in the same areas as the AWS services. So all of a sudden, because of some additional work that we've done with Amazon, we have a high bandwidth, low latency connectivity between our VMware stack and AWS services. And what that means is I can run part of my application. Let's say I have a multi-tier application, okay? I can run part of that application on the VMware side and I can leverage Amazon services, maybe uh, Amazon RDS for the database, where I don't have to worry about doing the snapshots or upgrades of the, the database management, right? All that goes across a private connection that's, high, uh, that's, that's a high bandwidth connection with very low latency. Um, and all of a sudden, I leverage you know, the best of multiple technologies here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it, that makes sense because if you really look at where 
or AWS excels one, you know, they have hardware and all that. That's good cloud. Um, but it's the interfaces they're starting to build, right. And the services they're building on top of that, that, that as a, you know, I, I help run the VMware code community, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty clear that Amazon has a giant lead in this space of having services and APIs available that you're building modern cloud apps with. And, and Amazon doesn't really, really excel at infrastructure control, right. They excel yeah. at the, at the interfaces above that. So having access to those is, is a, is a big deal. Yeah. So, and going back to kind of part of my role here, right, is um, I've been working on multi-part series uh, blog posts and videos uh, that are going up. Um, currently, my blog is brianjgraph.com. And uh, well, we can, I guess, put that in show notes or tweet it out sure. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you'll see, you know, I'm going through some of these of, you know, I've got VMware VMs connecting to an RDS database. I have VMware VMs that are leveraging one of Amazon's load balancers, right? So instead of having to deploy a load balancer in my VMware stack, which is, you know, sometimes a pain uh, to do or, or running a physical load balancer, whatever you're, you're doing there, I can leverage one load balancer from the Amazon side, um, an ALB essentially, and, and be able to route the traffic internally through my Amazon account to my VMware stack and it will it'll route the the traffic internally privately between those virtual machines and Amazon. I mean, this is huge. I yeah. I all of a sudden don't have to worry about yeah. managing buying this a, myself. Yep. Buying you a know? load balancer, setting up and controlling it. You've just got it as an Amazon service, and you're you're mixing where you're load balancing things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Great services. And if you look at that, even the you know some a lot of the startup ecosystem in the in the in the developer space, right? And when you start talking about IT ops and DevOps. Uh, there's just a lot of services out there that people want to take advantage of when they're m- making modern microservice-based applications. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so, so pretty neat. Um, AWS, how are they treating us? Um, I, this is one of my other questions <laughs> that I don't understand, so we'll, we'll go here for a minute, which is, um, can I run vSphere on AWS without any of this today? I get mixed messages on, can I just go buy Amazon services and put vSphere on, on stuff and run NSX and have a network? I think you could, but I get mixed messages on that. And then, um, obviously, you've, you've articulated the differences. How is AWS treating us as a partner? I would assume they're just happy because they're just selling CPU cycles somewhere. Yeah, yeah, no. So, okay, so to start with your first question, you know, um, the, the short answer is, yeah, you can install ESXi on bare metal. Um, the, the funny thing is when Amazon at reInvent announced their nitros, uh, which are essentially bare metal hosts that, that customers can take, that was done in cooperation with us, from what I understand, um, to work on, on this, right? And we knew that this would come out, right? It's not like they're going to make it just for us. Um, but there was so much more that went into this. So the amount of time and the amount of months and, and effort that's taken to make the software-defined data center that we can spin up the way we do, I don't think most customers are going to be able to figure out how to do all this. I mean, this is we've got the biggest brain trust at VMware and the biggest brain trust at Amazon working on this yeah, together, and it's right. taken us over a year to, you know, it's taken us many months. Uh, to get to the point where we're at. So sure, people could spin up an ESXi uh, box, but right. they're not going to be able to do all the network. And we have, we have some you know, additional work that we've done with their engineering team to make this possible. Yeah, okay. So before you get to the second half of the question, I, I get what you're saying, which is uh, we have this in even our community space. We've run Jive platforms, and we've hosted ourselves since 2005, right, where you know, we run it, and we have cluster nodes. And we're just all so familiar with this that it's such a struggle to try to grab up the next rung and climb up the ladder and go like, you know, we don't really need to host Jive anymore, or we don't need to, we, we can do an off-prem version of this. We can do a SaaS service of this. And you, you climb up the ladder, and when you climb, you're really happy because then all those problems you have to deal with, 
you just don't have to deal with those. And I have plenty of work. I have other problems up the ladder that I'm trying to get to. So I yeah. guess really this just applies here, right? As you move up the stack, you don't have to deal with the vSphere implementations quite as much as you used to. Well, it's actually really funny you say that. So uh, in, in speaking at some of the uh, VMware user cons uh, around the country this last year and in talking with customers, um, when I start talking about this, I'm like, you know, look at look at the possibilities of um, moving away from having to worry about your own infrastructure, right? Um, most people are, are going to still keep some uh, some hardware on-prem. Like, you just, we don't see that going away, right? Uh, and that's where this kind of hybrid cloud comes in. Um, but I've had several people come and go, you're, you're talking about my job, though. Like, you, you put this away, you're like, I do these upgrades. I, I do those weekend night upgrades. And some people are okay with that because that's what they get paid to do, right? right. Um, and they're like, so essentially what you're telling me is, like, why would I want to tell my boss about this? Because this is my job security. And I turned to him and said, okay, you know, let, let's, let's play a little, do a little role play here. When you come in the office, you know, if, if you're using Remedy or, or, you know, Help Now, whatever you're using, um, when do you look at that? And they're like, well, we get in and check our email, then we look at the tickets that come in overnight, right? Okay, said, okay yeah. All right, now, how much of your day is spent putting out fires, right? And this isn't just hardware. This is, this is user error. Yeah, this is software. Of, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, everything. That's right. So if we were to take away part of this, you would definitely still have your job. But that free time that you have that you're not dealing with the infrastructure fires, right, you can use yep. to fine-tune your environment. You can use it to fine-tune other things. You can use it to automate certain processes. Like, right. we're giving you time back to, to actually fine-tune things, your not job to get rid of your more job. Interesting. That's right. right, right, exactly. Right. Um, now, now, moving on to the, the second part of your question about uh, how is Amazon treating us, um, you know, it's, it's been really fun. So, um, it, for a, you know, a long time, it was, well, are you going with VMware, are you going with Amazon? Because you're, you're deploying an application in one location, you're doing it on-prem, you're doing it in the cloud. Uh, and so in, in that as, aspect, you know, we were kind of, you know, public enemies as far as uh, market share goes. Um, but we've really come together really well. Uh, I've been able to present uh, in multiple places. I'll be presenting in, uh, in Australia uh, at, at some of the user cons, but working with some of the Amazon employees as well there. Um, they invited us to uh, present at some of their conferences as well. And uh, there's just a really good synergy between the two companies. They understand the importance of this. They understand that we've got 50 plus million workloads running in on-prem uh, VMware environments. And, right. you know, of course, they're going to want a piece of that pie, right? right. So, you know, for us, we still, we still are benefiting the customers. There's definitely benefits to running VMware. And everyone sees that. There's, there's no, you know, magic there or, or you know, smoke and dust to to try and convince people that VMware is, is beneficial to them. Um, and, and for Amazon, you know, instead of selling little AMI instances of, you know, a, a one vCPU or two vCPU uh, Amazon instance, they're selling min at minimum four hosts. Right. And they're big hosts. So, you know, they're, they're happy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, like, who's the loser in this, right? Because in the re reality, you still have to run the software. You still have to write the software. You still have to have machines. Still has to still still hardware. You still... CPU cycles that are that are running this stuff. It was already virtualized and P2V, you know, optimization already happened. So I was on the airplane the other day and I was talking to a guy next to me, just chatting, right? I go, oh, what do you do? He goes, oh, I wire data centers, right? And he's like, yeah, business is hugely down, right? And that's the truth is that I think who actually gets impacted is if you're a data center builder. If you're actually building 
data centers, flooring, wiring, electricity, you know, physical infrastructure, that is now being aggregated to giant data centers in big locations. Amazon's running them, Azure's running, and Microsoft's running them, uh, so is Google, right? That mm-hmm. if you really look at who the, it's not the software vendors, it's not the IT people that are running and solving problems and configuring and doing all of this. It's really the guys that had to run around and build all these data centers all over the place for every single company. And so that's an interesting thought. I've, I've always t- t- figured out who's winning, who's losing, what's happening here. And I don't see any losers on the VMware side, the IT administrator side, AWS side. It seems like it's a win-win. Everybody seems happy. That's yeah. a 30-year trend, though, right? Yeah. So I mean, there was a point in time when people, you know, even smaller businesses would build a data center inside their offices, right, and have like three or four racks and and run their infrastructure. Yeah, there. maybe uh, uh, virtual security in the chat says maybe VARs, right? System, you know, yeah. data center builders who are in there installing mm-hmm. software and configuring in a region like in yeah. Florida or Atlanta or some place yeah, like so, that. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting uh, perspective on this. I hadn't really thought about who the loser is because, I, you know, when I look at them, like everyone's a winner here. Like I have the weekend nights back. I have uh, a lot more automated, you know, right now in my environment, I've got many AWS services tied into many. Like I've got Jira running uh, uh, on the VMware side with the database in, in Amazon. I have Confluence running in EC2 with the database on the VMware side. You know, I, I'm doing all these really cool things. I'm like, this is great. Now you're right. So, um, but it's been a downward trend even before this came out, right? So it's right, not that, sure. that we're putting some of these right. smaller uh, data center wiring uh, you know, engineers out of business. What's interesting to see is we've had a lot of people come in and ask, how can we take a piece of the pie, right? So partners... Right. Partners right. are wanting to know how they can, and that's how they make their money, right? Is they're helping the helping our customers uh, achieve their their visions, and uh, you know, even for them, there's been a lot of work. Um, there's uh, you know, there's engagements they can do to work on um, helping them move into VMware Cloud and AWS. But more than anything, one of the big things we see is this need for a push to vSphere 6.5. So for customers that want to leverage this hybridity right. of of the two and leverage what we call hybrid linked mode, which is new to, to VMware Cloud on AWS that allows you to have a single pane of glass to manage both your on-prem and your cloud environments from your, your um, vSphere client, you need vSphere 6.5 on-prem. So there's a lot of work for, yeah. for partners you know, to, uh, to go in there and say, hey guys, we can help you get your, your on-prem environment up to 6.5 from 6.0 or 5.5. I think, the, I, think the, I think the VARs and SIs are actually not going to be impacted as much as you think. Their, their role is going to change. Mm-hmm. Where they're doing it's going to change. But I still think that those guys, you still need to set up configuration software. All this stuff still needs to run, right? The and demand, maybe Amazon provides some of that, but there's mm-hmm. still a lot that goes on there. The demand will still be there. The yeah. money's still there. It's and just where are you doing want, it? Yeah, yeah. companies yeah. Happy so I come back to the losers are got, you know the bricklayers and the and the floor layers and uh, wiring and that kind of stuff because that gets consolidated out and the guy in the plane was like yeah now I just do all my business Amazon hires us up there so instead of me flying all over the locations I fly up to Seattle right? uh, and, yeah and, and spend time up there and 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 I'm building <laughs> mega data centers uh, and I'm not going to individual states any longer I was I was just about to say these people is like the whole idea of innovator die it's like yeah. actually innovator or go work for Amazon yeah. doing this, or go right? uh, and so what's happening is I actually think the bricklayers and those guys are doing fine too because it's just where they're doing it it's just, it's, uh, a shift. it's just a shift but none of this is going away it's just where we're offering it yeah 
which is uh, fantastic, yeah, interesting. So a segue there, John, I don't know if you have something you want to talk about. If not, I have a segue into, uh, you know, where, where you go to be part of this ecosystem now, right, and reinvent and what did it look like for us and uh, what are your thoughts there on the ecosystem. Some of the, some of the guys have come and asked us to come build a village at reinvent next year where all the, all the VMware people can come hang out and be part of the community like we do at VMworld because there's just a lot going on there that people are going to go see. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we we have uh, VMware user conferences that we're asked to speak at, uh, AWS summits, uh, Amazon reInvent, uh, and we've been going to a number of other conferences around too that uh, that maybe we wouldn't have gone to in years past. So I mean, it it's really interesting, you know, when when we go to these places and customers are are like, "What are you doing here?" You know, at, at this type of a conference, and you're like, "Well, you know, we're we're moving into the SaaS space. We're we're shifting a lot of our focuses." And, you know, we, we are a market leader in these things. And we, we've seen how people are consuming IT and, and, you know, how they're running their workloads. And we're shifting, you know, to, to stay ahead of the curve as well as helping our customers bridge a lot of these gaps and, and achieve these visions. So uh, I think you'll probably see us at a lot of other uh, conferences, you know, going forward as well. And, and it's, that's really cool that, you know, they're asking for, you know, some village support there at reInvent yeah, next yeah. year. That's, that's yeah, neat. yeah. So we, we stayed away. We let the cloud team all go and handle that. But now I think the community people are going to have to go and be part of it because everybody's there and they want they want an ecosystem there. For, yeah. For you said something interesting about SaaS providers. Sorry to talk over you, Eric. No. I, I, it, just, it just occurred to me that one of the major consumers of this product could very well be SaaS providers who want to build part of their infrastructure in vSphere, part of it in AWS. And, and combine the two and then publish their software as a service and nobody cares where it's running except them. And for them, the, the interest in make, is in making it fast and easy, easily scalable, easily expandable, easily contractable. And um, this is kind of the perfect way to do that. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's really interesting is, like I said uh, in my intro, you know, I worked with PowerCLI for, I've been working with it for a number of years, um, but that was one of my roles here at the company. Well, you know, PowerCLI is is an automation tool that uh, builds on top of Microsoft PowerShell. Uh, well, Amazon has AWS PowerShell tools as well. So all of a sudden, now that I have my my VMware infrastructure running in Amazon, I have AWS services as well. I can, from a single command line, run scripts, which is actually one of the things I did at reInvent in one of my sessions uh, live. As I said, okay, look at this script here. It's actually going to go. It's going to. It's going to deploy three virtual machines on the VMware side. It's going to deploy databases and EC2 instances on the AWS side. It's going to create the security groups, which is essentially firewall rules um, for these to talk to each other. And it's all from one script. That's the same language from the same uh, CLI. Right. And so all of a sudden now I'm actually automating and deploying things in my infrastructure from one command line. And it's really cool that I can do that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting. We surveyed uh, the code members because we've had double digit. We've had 100 percent growth in code. We're predicting another 100 percent growth for 2018. So we did a big survey uh, where we had our customer advocacy teams come in and survey members and all that. And what we're seeing is this shift from IT admins who, you know, rack stacked you know, software can make all that to moving into, you know, scripting and auto deployment, those guys moving into engineering, right? So we're seeing a shift up the curve from manually configuration and running to 
pure automation, right? And everybody at VMworld, all the IT practitioners are looking at how do I get into pure automation and then how do I take that pure automation step into APIs and the REST APIs into engineering and building even that control of the infrastructure right into the app, right? And then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really supporting the, the engineering teams doing, doing those services. So uh, we see the whole IT you know, world starting to shift over the you know, X number of years into that full automation. Right? Yeah, and you know, in, in going around to other, other customers around the world and stuff and working with them, it's really interesting to see where they're at from like an IT maturity perspective. You know, um, some of these are, you know, they've got great budgets. They've got great guys working for them. They've automated literally everything. You know, I, I, I won't say the customer, but I was able to go to one that was really cool. And we were working on this vision of the, of the uh, self-healing data center, right? So how can we literally have the data center run itself? Uh, if problems come up, it runs through this, this motion and the cycle of, okay, I'm going to try these scripts. I'm going to try doing this. I'm going to create a remedy ticket automatically. I'll add in my notes. All this stuff, and if it doesn't fix it, it tries step two. If that doesn't work, then it sends it to some dude, right? And that dude picks up from where the automation had essentially tried these other things first. You know, not everybody's at that point, and you're going to see that too with moving to the cloud, right? Not everyone's ready to jump tomorrow into a, a fully on, you know, a full on public cloud world or even into hybrid. Um, you're you're going to see different levels of maturity between different uh, customers, but you you are definitely seeing that trend of more and more customers are how can I automate this? How can I enhance this? How can I increase my performance all without me having to do this at the computer? Okay. Um, a question in the chat was any specific certs from AWS while we were talking about reinvent AWS? Uh, what are the kind of type of things that people need to learn uh, in, in our ecosystem to make that transition? Yeah, and that's a great question. So honestly, it's however much or little you want to learn about AWS. So uh, and what I mean by this, and I'll jump more into answering it with a better <laughs> uh, response here in a second. What you'll see is you can jump into this with only needing to have a VPC or virtual private cloud, essentially. And, and what that is, is essentially it's a, a container you spin up. So you need an Amazon account. You, you create a VPC. It doesn't cost you anything, but it's what allows you to link your VMware Cloud and AWS account to Amazon services if you choose to use those in the future. Right. Okay. Um, if that's, you know, that's the only prereq that we currently have right now. At that point, you can use VMware Cloud on AWS as much or as little as you want with or without Amazon services. Now, if you want to jump into doing other things like I was talking about with like maybe working with uh, S3 storage or RDS databases or EC2 instances, then yeah, uh, you could go with the uh, some of the different, um, I mean, you could probably go with the, the low-level Amazon search. And I can't remember what the architect um uh, cert is called right now, but I mean, I've used a cloud guru, which is a, a great video course on on Amazon services and uh, you can pick up from you to me. You can pick it up straight from them. Uh, but you really it, it comes out to how much you want to integrate your systems with Amazon. Okay, cool. Um, I, I, the next thing, you know, a misunderstanding, I, I keep saying pet peeve, but it's not pet peeve. It's just like, I, I always question this, these M releases and, uh, M1, M2. Now we're there talking about, I don't know if we're allowed to say M3 yet, but they're, we're doing these, uh, cloud releases, uh, fairly frequently now, like three or four months apart. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. how do I get a handle on understanding what's going on here? Right. Uh, it's, it's a classic SaaS service problem where I never know what my interface is going to look like the next day I log into my, my, my survey, right. but <laughs> well, how, how does this work? 
work? What are we doing here? How do I stay ahead of this? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So uh, publicly, we don't talk about our M releases. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, but that's releases. a, a T, P, T release or Z. Yeah. I, I forgot. I forgot now. Um, yeah. No, but, but they're dot releases for us sure. um, externally. And uh, so you, you see these, and in, in so far it's been pretty much quarterly, right? So when we, we released this initial availability in, in August of this last year, um, in Q4, we ended up, uh, I've got to remember all of my dot releases here, we opened up uh, Virginia as, as one of the regions where people could deploy to. Um, we've talked about how in the first half of this year, we'll have London as another region. Right. Uh, and we have other We've announced like, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, we, okay. we have. We haven't given a, the, the date yet. Um, okay. But, you know, there's things like uh, DR as a service uh, that was released back in November at reInvent as well during that release. Um, and so, honestly, you know, this is one of the biggest uh, shifts that we have to work with with our customers is there's a lot of things that they want to know. They want to know all about the underlying architecture and networking that we have. Well, you know, what? Amazon doesn't actually give you that for their stuff either. You know, uh, if I go to Evernote, they're not going to tell me how they do everything underneath. It, SaaS is, is essentially there and saying, we take care of all this stuff. All you have to do is worry right. about actually running your, your stuff or, or using our, our service. And so for a lot of customers, uh, I can't say a lot of customers, a lot of the engineers and vSphere admins who have been so nitty gritty, you know, you go, you go all the way down to like VCDX and you're designing your, all your architecture, your infrastructure. Um, it's sometimes a harder shift for them to wrap their head around, you know what, VMware and AWS have this covered, right. you know, um, and so uh, we're, we're working hard on always having collateral out, uh, videos, demos, and then you can check the, the site of cloud.vmware.com, which always talks about the latest features and functionalities that are released as well. Um, but you'll see it treated like a, like a SaaS offering as well, where, you know, there are things that go on. We do uh, we do rev this much faster than an on-prem release. Neat, neat. Um, wow, uh, Kate, Katie, and you got the the live video going, and we got uh, people in asking us questions on that feed as oh, well. Good. So I'm like, oh, now I have to go back and uh, <laughs> read what people are asking us over there too. This is this is too much. I can't handle it. I'm I have to have multiple displays. I should have turned this way for everyone for the last 45 minutes, but you know, <laughs> you guys at least got to see the left side of my face, which I think is the good, my good side. Um, I keep looking at the camera going, who's this heavy guy? I don't know. I don't recognize this fat guy. I'm not that big, am I? Like, maybe i got to turn sideways. So I, I just I don't have a side pro- profile. Um, well, that, with that, that's, that sounds good. So um, the dot releases, we won't call them the magic the alphabet number release anymore. Um, <laughs> and they have been regional. I, sorry, I missed because I started looking at chat questions. Do we telegraph what the schedule is going to be, or do we just do kind of announcement like we do with London, where hey, this is the next one, and this is what we're we're kind of going to release here? Yeah, so I mean, the whole SaaS thing is a little newer for VMware. See, I'm, so. I'm not letting go of this. I need, I need to know everything. <laughs> you I, know I know. I need to know. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to um, hear the click of the hard drive. I want to hear the fan speed. I just, right. I mean, uh, it's, it's a hard thing for people to get right, over, right? right. I, I, um, for yeah. me, it's easy because I I see everything internally. I see what our roadmap is, and and so for me, it, I don't have to worry about that. But uh, for a lot of, of customers, they're like, hey, I want to know, you know, when are you going to be in this region? When are you going to get this feature? You know, and, and there's so many things. And, and we're working to uh, better uh, portray or, or uh, present right. our roadmaps uh, like you see some SaaS companies do. They're like, hey, you know, these types of things are on a roadmap or, you know, feature requests. Like, what are, what are you needing or why? What is the one thing that's holding you back from jumping into VMware Cloud on AWS, right? So we are working on that type of a thing. Um, you'll see us probably be more and more flexible with what we say about futures. Like we've, we announced certain things at reInvent that uh, would be coming here in the, the next dot release, um, such as, you know, uh, uh, 
<laughs> I almost jumped to our dot four, uh, London, our, our London region. And uh, we have a, a few other things in there as well uh, that we could probably talk more about if I had the list in front of me and made sure that I wasn't pushing on to other, <laughs> yeah, don't, other don't releases. Get, don't get yourself in um, trouble. But, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're seeing a lot more of that, of us being a little more open about that than we have been previously in our, on our on-prem releases. One of the things that I saw was just a, a general idea that we wanted to be in basically every single region. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember the date. I, I want to say end of calendar year 19, something like that would be like, a, I mean, it's not like we're promising it, but like, <laughs> right. you know, but that's like a general idea. Right? Yeah, John, we're like, so, so the idea here is that we go where the demand is sure right and obviously one of the benefits of us teaming up with amazon is that they've got regions um, all over the world and so what you saw first is that we we came out in us west 2 which is oregon uh we came out in virginia uh we, we've announced london and we've announced it will be somewhere in asia pacific by the end of the year mm-hmm. uh and and you know depending on how things go the timelines then you know things can change around a little bit um, but what you what you'll tend to see, and and this is what I imagine by what we're doing internally as well, is as we go and we hit all these main geos, right? The the idea here is we cover the globe because a lot of companies they have data centers all over the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we want to cover geos, and then from that we're going to be able to split in deeper into the different regions of those geos, right? So you know if if all of a sudden we see that you know there's a ton of interest and a ton of demand for the California U.S. West one, right? Who's to say that we don't go and, and have that bump up on our priority list as far as one of the, the uh, regions that we open up rather than, you know, say uh, maybe that one was we had one due to ask for that. Right. right? So, so then we'd prioritize, prioritize other regions above. So that. then the logical question to ask then is how do we measure that demand? Yeah. So uh, we, we have a lot of open avenues. Um, obviously, if people want to voice their their um, demands or their interests on Twitter or um, we have a lot of our, our larger customers that have TAMs and SEs, um, and you know we've been getting a lot of feedback from them through our TAMs and SEs. Uh, we have a lot of different ways that we're receiving feedback on there. Um, Amazon gets feedback as well, uh, and we work with them. We have a lot of you know regular meetings with our, our Amazon counterparts, and we work together to find which places and, and what our priorities are for this uh, this offering. Got it, got it. So I, I know you can't talk about customers, and I'm not going to ask you. But I'm just going to I'm just going to see what your response is. Your body language to this question will tell me. Like, so do we have customers? We do. <laughs> we do. We we have a few that uh, I I just got giddy when I was reading their emails about. Actually, I just got an email yesterday uh, about feedback from this customer and how much they love it. You know, there were there were one or two little things that they were like, "Hey, this was this was." Not a big deal, but we'd love to see you know this functionality down the road kind of thing. Uh, other than that, they they have loved this, um, and we're getting new customers every day, every week. Yeah. Um, and and so right now, still, uh, I, I won't say it's gated because it's not, but we're still going through and making sure that everybody that comes on is having a good experience. Yeah. Right, right, right. So it's, you know, like hand holding. Yep. yep, yep, that's good. I know I've seen uh, you know an internal list, and I was actually impressed by some of the names I saw there. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, these guys are. You know, these are not like these are not like yo-yo, you know, table maker or yo-yo insurance company that yeah. I've never heard of. These are like big brand names mm-hmm. that that are that are out there, and you know, are obviously making a shift with us. Well, right. and and it's fine. I won't go into any real not picking on little small insurance brokers uh, or anything like that either. Right, like doctors' offices are are important to society. Seeing seeing a customer, you know, on board. And then seeing them fill up those four hosts very quickly, uh, you know, that, that's always a good feeling. See, the work that we're doing is, 
is being consumed and that these customers are liking it. And that's one of the things I, I want to touch on really quick. I know we're at the top of the hour. We started late, so, so if you, if awesome. you have free, I, I can be here till one thirty. So just go sure, until yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah, we'll, I, I we'll can, cut off in ten minutes just so that our podcast goes an hour or something. Yeah, like that. no, that's, whatever, that's great. whatever you have for us. Um, so one of the the great things about this is you know a lot of people have asked, and I'm surprised that you didn't ask, being a little bit of a critic here. You know, uh, <laughs> you know is this just VMware? I'm climbing the ladder. It's I, good. I hopefully I'm converting you here. Uh, <laughs> a little bit at a time, everybody gets to me. Uh, but, you know, we get a, the question of, like, are you just throwing vSphere in the cloud and calling it a, a SaaS offering? Right. You know? yep. And yep. uh, and it's a valid question from people. You know, right. what, are, what are we doing to actually benefit from the cloud? Uh, and so that's one of the things I wanted to touch on real quick is, you know, we've got a few things that we're working on called, like, Elastic DRS. So, you know, DRS right now allows us to load balance workloads and, and resources across multiple hosts in a cluster. Well... Okay, so one of the issues that, that customers run into and why this is so uh, valuable to them is the average amount of time it takes for a customer to get budget, um, purchase hardware, uh, have it delivered, have it racked and stacked, have it configured so that they can use it is about 89 days. Right. Okay? right. Uh, so these people have to do capacity planning, you know, three to six months right. out and yeah. hope, cross their yeah. fingers, that they don't go over that. Right. Right. Um, with this, you start out with a four-node cluster, and the hosts are, are a very good size. Um, but the great thing is, if you need more, you click a button in the UI, and it will it'll provision you a whole other host, configure it, and throw it into your cluster within about five to ten minutes. is is about the time it takes. So you go from eighty-nine days of provisioning down to roughly five to ten minutes for a host. Now, each of these SDDCs can go up to 320 hosts across 10 clusters. So uh, you all of a sudden go from, I have to worry about, to about minutes, minutes, okay? okay. Um, so that's, um, so great. that's great. Um, um, you guys get that? I don't know. We're getting a loop. Somebody, Somebody on the call. On the call. I need to mute everybody. Mute all. There we go. See, okay. Yeah. There we go. I thought it was just me. Somebody had a microphone on. And, well, yeah, we're getting. A I'd loop love back. for them to come talk with me uh, sometime. I think they're excited to talk. Uh, so, anyways, we have this, this ability to to you know, very quickly. Yeah, it was virtual security. Oh man! Yeah. Come on, virtual security. You're looping. <laughs> You're looping on us. I'm uh, gonna leave you on. I'm gonna leave you muted for a little bit until you figure that out. Okay. Is going from 89 days down to about 10 minutes for any any number of hosts that you want to add in there. But the other thing here is, you know, Elastic DRS will allow you to say, you know, I've got um, certain parameters. Let's say if if I have a threshold of I don't want my uh, host to go about of above 80% utilization uh, for memory, and if they do, just grab another host from Amazon's cloud and bring it in. Like you no longer have to have additional host sitting in your cluster not being utilized and paying for that, paying for the heating and cooling or the, the cooling of it, the electricity, the contracts. Um, and then same thing for, um, you know, if we detect that something's going bad on a host, right? So if we detect that there's a hardware issue, we can go ahead and grab another host out of Amazon's cloud, bring it in and configure it, start syncing the vSAN data. And then once all that's complete, we kick out the bad host. Now, maybe that host hasn't failed yet. Maybe it's going to potentially fail six months down the road. But if we determine that that looks like it's going bad, we get rid of it. Amazon can take care of that in the back end. You no longer have to go and worry about this. And you don't have to worry about always having all those additional hosts in your clusters to use. It's just we leverage the cloud, right? So right. Uh, in, in, in just kind of wrapping up this thought of, you know, what are we doing to make this more cloud friendly? Uh, you're seeing uh, within the console of VMware Cloud and AWS, it's all REST-based. 
Um, we also have PowerCLI for it. We have all of our other SDKs as well to leverage that. But we're going the, the REST route there. Uh, and, and we're trying to be able to add APIs to everything. So, um, you know, provisioning from Amazon's cloud, we do that in the back end. They can call, uh, you know, an API and add 10 hosts or, or 40 hosts or 200 hosts off of one API call if they want to. And it's great. Yeah, it, it, it's just climbing up that ladder and letting go and then enjoying all the freedom you have and looking at all the things you can do that you weren't doing before because you're just busy. I, I, I like that, that, that phrase. I, I'm kind of thinking maybe I should write a book on VMware Cloud and AWS and call, call it letting go. Yeah, <laughs> letting go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let go of the details. Yeah, yeah that, it, it, sounds, it sounds excellent. Uh, you know, I, I was turned when I was at VMworld this year and there were so many people that were just like, yeah, this actually this has potential for me, right? And yeah. so, uh, and and all the things that that actually are going to come from that. Uh, and I look at kind of the REST APIs and the whole uh, code movement, you know, to do automation. And then if you're an API developer now, you know, you you have not only you can do API development into Amazon, but you also then have the access to the whole vSphere community, right? And mm-hmm. and that that just gives everybody more things to do on platforms. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's interesting because it's part of the longer trend. Again, like I'm trying to think of everything in trends. When I first got started in IT, one of the main things that I had that I was offering the company that hired me was, listen, I know all the chipsets and the motherboards to take to the white box under to build us uh, proper servers, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have full control over that. At a certain point in time, I had to get, give that up. Yeah. Like that was not valuable to anybody in the company. You kind of miss it too though, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I absolutely remember having to let go of that and go, yeah, I guess I'll just buy these uh, HP uh, pizza boxes or Dell pizza boxes, you know, but that it's that exact same level of control that we're getting, giving up and, and giving over to somebody else to say, listen, you know, I want this server. I want, you know, this, I want it in this cluster. I need this network configuration. Well, do you, do you really need all that or do you just need the front end to work and everything to operate the way that you expect it to operate? Yeah. Like that's really what we need, right? Yeah. And, and you know, onboarding is actually really simple in, in this instance. I mean, you can take this as, as technical or as deep as you want to, but really the idea behind a, a hybrid cloud here for us is you deploy VMware Cloud on AWS, which is, you know, several clicks, maybe maybe three minutes if you know what you're doing to go in and put in the name of what you want your, your software-defined data center to be called, how many hosts, um, and then essentially your, your management network uh, CIDR. So you just want to make sure doing hybrid that your network in the cloud does not overlap with the network on-prem because once you connect it via VPN, you don't want there to be overlap, right? Right. So, so if you do that and you hit deploy, it takes about 90 minutes to two hours, depending, give or take, um, to deploy your SDDC and configure it and everything, okay? Um, once you've done that, you could run that by itself, right? You don't have to connect this back on-prem. If you want to go the hybrid route, then you can leverage uh, a Layer 3 IPsec VPN. I did this to my home lab with a Ubiquiti Edge router. Just, you know, regular router that I had at my house for my home lab. I set up uh, an IPsec connection between VMware Cloud and AWS and my home uh, networking. And um, then I was able to leverage things like hybrid linked mode, where I was able to manage and control both my on-prem and, and my cloud resources from my web client. Right. Uh, and so that was pretty great. You could take that one step further and put up a layer two stretch connection um, and 
Um, you can leverage Direct Connect as well in there. And then you can do vMotion. I mean, I vMotioned about 50 virtual machines one day, uh, and I, I tweeted about this. It was one of the coolest feelings. It was, it was like the first time that I had ever performed a vMotion, right? <laughs> and how amazingly cool I felt that was. Right. To be able to do that, and, and I took uh, a good chunk of my virtual machines that I had running on-prem, and I've got Google, Google Fiber, so I had a great speed, you know, connectivity from my on-prem up to uh, Amazon. But to be able to take that and say, with PowerCLI, I grabbed, you know, 50 different virtual machines using, you know, a wildcard on my naming convention and just said, essentially push these up to VMware Cloud on AWS and watching those go and, you know, the, they keep running. Like, right. you know, that, that was a really cool feeling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, being able to see that and, you know, you could take that even further if you wanted to and do it. There's just so many different things you could do when you start thinking of this in terms of hybridity. Right. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. Well, we're now at one oh, twelve, so we're at the top of the hour officially. We started at one fifteen, so it's, it's been a good hour. Uh, people, you know, how do they follow you? Uh, where do they go to learn more about this stuff? Uh, why don't you give us some some pointers? Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at v, uh, you know, for virtualization v Brian Graf, and that's with one F on my last name. Uh, and as well, you can find my blog at Brian J. Graf. So that's B-R-I-A-N-J-G-R-A-F dot com. And I, uh, I'm on the Slack channels as well. I'm on the, the VExpert Slack. So if you're there, just message me. You know, just tag me in something so I see it. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not in there as frequently as I used to be. Yeah, you get the email notification, though, when any, anybody... Exactly. Man, I've got fly. to get on this VExpert thing. What are you doing, dude? Uh, yeah. It's, it's out there between code... Come on. How many, how many, how many channels can I be actually be on at any given time? That's where it's like, at least I get email notifications now. But then I look, how many emails do I have unread? And now I'm like filtering emails. And how do I, yep. how do I filter emails into buckets? And and how do you stay? But it's cool nonetheless. It's great. Yep. Yep. It's good. Good. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming all the way over to the studio and being here in person. It's great to see you. And uh, yeah, the microphones sound good. The head sounds good. Good. So you sound really awesome as opposed to being on a phone. So thanks for, <laughs> thanks for doing that. Yeah, Eric, thanks for having me, John. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yep. Uh, we're good to go. I know we're going to be on next week. I don't know who, who we're actually uh, bringing on next week, but I know we got people scheduled out for the next two months. So uh, good. good. Uh, thanks for listening to the, everyone out there. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Until then, have a great week. I've lost the uh, TalkShoe hang up button on my browser. So uh, at some point, TalkShoe will hang up. Um, so uh, let's see. I can I can disconnect through Skype, and we are good to go. There should be an API for that. There should be. Yeah, I think a there blog is. It's a blog beat our author roundtable next week, by the way. And we are.